Today's episode is sponsored and in collaboration with Restoring Our Own Through Transformation, also known as ROOT. It's a black women-led reproductive justice organization dedicated to collectively restoring our well-being through self-determination, collaboration, and resources to meet the needs of women and families within communities. ROOT will host several events during the inaugural Black Maternal Health Week during April 11th through 17th. Go to ROOTT.org for a calendar of events. And that's ROOT.org. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Amy Lee, a mother of five children, all of which were born unassisted in the presence of her and her husband. For our listeners who are unfamiliar with unassisted births, families who create this birthing space usually birth at home without the help of doctors or midwives. When we received Amy's submission, we were very excited as neither of us has much experience with births in this manner and are so thrilled to learn from her. So, hi Amy, welcome to the show. Hello. (laughs) Hello everyone. (laughs) Amy, can you start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay, so I think a good place to start is how my family started, which was very unplanned. Everything's un in my life, I feel like. I'm like <laughs> I'm like the weirdo of the family, too. So um, so it's uh, I was supposed to go back home to South Korea to teach English. Um, I had just gotten my... Um, bachelor's in women's studies from Cal State Long Beach in 2008. And um, I had signed contracts to teach English for um, a few years back home. So, you know, I can save up and go back home. I haven't been home in like, at that point, like 16, 17 years. So um, I thought, oh, cool, you know, I'll go like, live my life, be a free woman and, you know, like travel and do all these things and make money and and then two weeks before I had to fly out, um, I uh, I was feeling really weird for a while, just really tired and just like not okay. And I took a pregnancy test, and it turned out, uh, yeah, I was pregnant. So, um, so I uh, at first I was not planning on having you know any children at all. Number one, mm-hmm. but because of like the urgency of my situation. Um, the day I found out I was supposed to sell my car to my next-door neighbor, I was supposed to fly to D.C. the next day to see a friend I haven't seen in 10 years. Um, and then, you know, two weeks after that, I was supposed to fly home to South Korea. And by that point, I'd gone to the embassy. I'd had all of my paperwork done. Like, I was I was going to go. Out the door. And the funny, yeah, out <laughs> the door. I was ready. Like, I was like, hey, cool, like, boyfriend. I like you, you know, like, don't save yourself. But, you know, like we, had, yeah. we didn't even talk about that stuff, you know. But I was like, I'm young and, you know, you're you're super hot. I'm sure you can, like, you, we'll take care of each other. I don't know. We didn't even say anything, which was weird. So um, I found out. And uh, so we went to go eat at this place that I really like. Took a, bought a pregnancy test right there. Came home. I peed on it, and then, like, I went to go wash my hands, and then I'm turning around, and as I'm turning around, already the two lines are strongly just coming up, and <laughs> everything is just dropping. Like, my blood just drained out of me, my gut. Like, I felt like I was de-gutted. Um, I didn't know what to think, and I just was, like, slow-mo. Yeah. And then, so I'm walking out of the bathroom, and then I'm... 
at the top of the stairs and I looked down and then he's at his computer right there. And I looked over and I remember saying, it says I'm pregnant. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay, well, whatever you decide, I'll be more than, you know, happy to support you in your decisions. And I'm just like, okay, like I'm feeling really dead. and like, I don't know what to do. It's just one of those things where you're like, whoa, like what is going on? And um, so I, uh, I, at first I was like, no, 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 this cannot happen. This cannot happen. I, I have things to do. I have a life to live. Like, no. So I made the appointment to get um, an RU, I think it's called an RU 486, right? So I called the place and I was like, okay, yeah, I made the appointment. And then I went downstairs and I said, look, I made my decision. I am planning not to have a child. I'm really sorry. You know, but I can't do this right now. Mm-hmm. So um, my husband now, boyfriend at the time, said, you know, I'm really sorry you had to make such a hard decision. I'm really, really sorry about that. However, I want you to know that I think that it would have been a very, it would have been something very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then at that moment, he made me realize it wasn't me that was just pregnant. Right. It mm-hmm. was the both of us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, okay. Like that had some weight to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's like, you know, you want to go on a bike ride? So we went on a bike ride. We were holding hands or riding bikes. And he's telling me, you know, when I think about this, I have this like, I have these like butterflies in my, in my, in my body. Like when I think about it, this possibility, you know, so at that moment, I knew, okay, if I make a decision, you know, this person is committed to be a great father, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what he wants to be there. Like, he sees this as us. He doesn't see this as, oh, my, my chick's pregnant, you know? Right. So, I made the decision. There was supposed to be, uh, I got my friend, uh, who I, a colleague of mine. I also had gotten her a job in Korea. She's actually still there to this day, almost 10 years later. And, um, yeah, like, at first I was a little bitter because I'm like, that's not even your home country. And you're, like, over there and you're <laughs> seeing my family I hadn't seen. You know, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. and then, and my hormones, like, I just had a baby and, like, I want my family over there to, you know. Because I actually had a very tumultuous um, time growing up. I didn't know my mom for years and I, I uh, got reconnected with her through foster care um, when I was almost 17. So just like, uh, you know, just there's all these layers that I'm undoing by becoming a mother when I made that decision to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Right. Because I've only known my mom since I was 17 and I was like 23 or 24. So I'd only known her like at like six years, you know, at that point. So she at first was very upset and was telling me, you know, hey, like, you should really think about this because once you become a mother, you are no longer you. You are no longer you. And I didn't get that. Of course, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows when somebody tells you that, when your mom or grandma is telling you this, or auntie, you know, when they tell you this information, like, you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to be a mother. Da, da, da. And then, of course, yeah, once you become a mother, like, who are you anymore? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. she she was just being a mother by telling me these things. And, I, and then, you know, I'm just always a rebellious one going, oh, no, it's okay, mom. I'm going to homeschool. I'm going to home birth. I'm going to be this weirdo <laughs> like I always am. You know, she's like, all right, honey, good luck. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to show you. And, you know, of course, like, I've, I've had my... I've had my moments where I'm like, oh my God, 
she's right. I'm turning into her, and oh my God, what's going on? But you know, it's like they have that wisdom. Yeah. And um, my mother was born right after the Korean War, so she, you know, she she struggled. You know, she struggled here, not knowing the language. She fled like a very violently abusive husband. She ran away from him and tucked me away in Korea so that she could, you know, somehow do something. So these women, you know, we don't listen to them because we're we're just blinded at the moment, you know. Yeah. But um yeah, every time I go through something I always think about her. But anyways, okay, so going back to our family, that's how it all started. And then from there on out, every two years I've been having babies and then now I'm calling it quits like for real like like for real I am done mm, mm, I am so spent like five kids in like eight a little over eight years it's kind of a lot you know and especially I don't I don't have help Hmm. like I I do this all on my own with my husband like I we do have a awesome community here in Long Beach like we live in our own little bubble I feel like Mm -hmm. but but at the same time, we're all so busy because we got to hustle out here. Southern yeah. California is expensive. Yeah. It is so expensive. So we're trying to do the best we can for each other and right. to be there for each other. And, um, you know, if, if it wasn't for that, I probably would be crumbling, you know, and my uh, mental state would probably be... Uh, it would probably be bad. It would, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's two things from that that I just wanted to highlight. I think the piece where your now husband, um, when you came down the stairs and said, mm-hmm. um, I-, "I don't want to do this," and I'm sorry, but he, his comment of, "I'm sorry, you had to make that decision." Beautiful um, statement. Yeah, and you know, like. I think many people think that when people do decide to make a decision like that and whether they go through it or not, that it was this easy thing. Like, I, I don't right. I, I don't want this baby, so that's me mm-hmm. doing that. But the fact that he acknowledged how hard that must have been for you mm-hmm. um, and then just the way that he allowed you and him to both process that um, right. is really, really important. And I think that... When people are going through similar situations, whether it's a partner, a spouse, a friend, anyone who's supposed to be supportive, that's it should be like allowing people that space Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, Right. And to not to try to control the situation in any way. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then something that you hit on was, you know, you and your husband trying to navigate, you know, life and with your children and how... Um, like you, you do have this great community, but you're still like in this hustle mode. And I feel like we have really lost, and we talk about this all the time, Danielle, but the village mm, right. aspect oh, of having God. children. And so you have to try to like make your own small villages, but we mm-hmm. don't live in a world now where we have our, our mothers and our aunts and, and mm-hmm. family members constantly near us to support us. So any way you can get some pocket of that is so important. Absolutely. Oh yeah. We crave it all the time, right? Even yeah. something like this, I'm like, oh my God. Gosh, I'm going to talk to grown adults about <laughs> right. our stuff. Right. Yes. Right. And it's important, you know. Yes. It's so important. Yes. Now, Amy, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancies? Yes. So the very first one, you know, I was working in a health food store, and I had, like, drastically changed my health around while I was working there. Um, I had, I was, like, 
um, I was, I'm like about five foot three, but I was about 210 pounds. I had IBS. Like I, I was not okay. You know, a lot of, you know, autoimmune stuff going on at the time. And then, so while I started working at the health food store, I drastically cut my weight down because of my uh, diet changes, lifestyle changes. Um, and then, so because of that, I was, more into like kind of like that healthy lifestyle because I worked in it. So I was, uh, I had exposure and resources. Um, even if I was like a broke college student, I could still get samples and stuff, you know? Yeah. So um, that was, that left a huge impression on me. And I'm from South Korea where we do things naturally anyways. So I was always more drawn to it. And Growing up, um, even with my father, like, you know, even if, you know, he would beat the living daylights out of me, like, I don't know if stuff was broken, you know, he never took me to the doctor. I, I don't like going to the doctor in general, mm -hmm. but I'm not somebody that's like, that's not normal to me to get a checkup. I'm like, is there something wrong? Like, I go to the doctor and there's something wrong, like when I'm, when I'm really, you know, hurting. Um so I learned to kind of like build like this uh, tolerance, I guess. Um, uh, but so during the pregnancies, I was going and seeing like community like health clinic, right? Because it was free. I had Medicare at the time. Um, I still was trying to look for a midwife. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the time I was living in Orange County and you can just imagine like, you know, the price of everything, yeah. right? And just yeah. like the feel and what was weird was that I we went and interviewed all these midwives and, you know, doulas, and we went to birthing centers, and I was like, man, I'm not feeling a connection with these women who I'm supposed to share, like, this, like, intensely, like, amazing, uh, vulnerable moment in my life, and, like, they're supposedly representing this idea of, like, oh, you know, it's better than you know, um, the hospital, like, I'm here for you, I'm your, I'm your woman servant, you know, for the doula or whatever, but I just wasn't, like, feeling it, so I just kept going to the, um, the community clinic, you know, and getting, you know, the, the least, like, most standard stuff, um, and they would tell me, okay, well, your induction date, da, 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 and I would tell them, well, I'm not going to be induced. I'm still looking for a midwife. Yeah. And I remember this, one of the last, like, uh, appointments I had gone to, like, it was, like, this older white lady, like, maybe, like, in her 50s. And and I remember her saying something to me, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm still looking for a midwife, you know, for a home birth. At that point, I knew I was doing unassisted, but I didn't want to say that to her because I had some people, like, saying some weird stuff. And, like, yeah. even people who I knew talking behind my back saying, oh, someone should call CPS on her. And I'm like, okay, oh, you cowards. You would never say that to me in person. I know yeah. who you are. Don't show your face to me. You know what's going to happen. So I... um I said, oh, I'm still looking for a midwife. She looked at me and, like, just her tone changed, her face changed, you know, like I, like I was something stupid, right? Yeah. And she goes, oh, um, well, my colleagues and I don't uh, approve of home birth. And then I was like, well, that's nice. You know, that's nice that you guys think that, but I'm still doing what I want to do. And I just mm -hmm. smiled and, you know, just kind of, like, gave them a, like a derpy look, you know, because I'm like, listen, you don't want me to run my mouth right now. Yeah. So, um, that was that. And then, you know, had my unassisted birth. And then the next four pregnancies, 
I uh, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be bothered. So I didn't go get checked by anybody. I just took care of myself. I mm-hmm. ate whatever I wanted to eat. Um, you know, it was really hard when you have other small young children that you're taking care of. And if you don't have a lot of help, you know, it's like it wasn't the most ideal. And it did wear on my mental health a lot mm-hmm. um, and my physical health. I mean, I... I uh, I had HG pretty bad with um, the last three pregnancies, but especially with the third one. And we had just moved to Long Beach. And even though I had lived there before, I didn't have a community because I I came back to Long Beach with a family, um, not a college student. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I only know a few people. More friends were in Orange County. And my husband had to be gone for work like 12 hours of the day. So here I am severely vomiting, you know, mm-hmm. no help. Um, uh, my two kids are, uh, let's see, how old were they? Uh, you know, one and three. Mm-hmm. And they're very active at that age, and they're boys, and, you know, it's like they want to run around, and I couldn't do that. I was so sick. I could barely make them food. Yeah. Um, so I just, I really, I think I that was, like, the most bitter, like, I felt during all of my pregnancies, I think, um, I don't know. I feel like I had a lot of depression during mm-hmm. my pregnancies because of the lack of support. Um, but just, just even, I mean, I still had my angels, you know, I still had friends that, you know, I had just met that just showed up and that, that through that really, really pulled me through. And, you know, you think that once you're out of a certain stage in your mental health that you're not going to revisit that really, like, dark place. But, oh, my gosh, motherhood really brings that out. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was hard, but I got through it with um, – I just eat what I want. I'm Korean. I eat – I love Korean food. I'm going to eat kimchi whenever I want. <laughs> I eat squid. I eat everything because my body tells me what I need. Mm-hmm. And our nutrition is – is very purposeful. It's not just right. like, oh, it tastes good. Right. I mean, it tastes amazing, but it's really good for your health. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's funny. Um, with my, I'm currently expecting my second, and my midwife oh, was, um, thank you. My midwife, I have been like craving sugar in an, obs- like an obscene way. It's yeah. really intense. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and she was trying, like, explaining to me, like, you know, that's actually your body telling you that you need more protein. And yeah. I never, I didn't know that. Like, never knew that was something. Um, but you're right. Your body asks and seeks and craves for certain things because it needs something. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So really that's why we eat crazy things. Yeah, being in tune to what your your body um, needs. But mm-hmm. you said that. Um, you explained a little bit about why you chose unassisted. Um, mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Like, you know, I, and I, yeah. and it's, and it's unfamiliar for a lot of people. I mean, it wasn't something okay. that I even thought about until I started doing birth work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the way that we're taught is you have babies in the hospitals and yeah, I knew people at yeah. home births, but I didn't learn about unassisted having a baby, you know, with um, just yourself and following mm-hmm. yourself was something that people did. Right. So and on purpose. And on Not purpose, just, right. I had an yeah. unassisted birth because I didn't make it to the right. hospital. Right. Exactly. Or, You're right. You on know. purpose Ooh. for sure. 
that's fun too. Yeah, I have I have some friends who have some fun uh, freeway stories. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, can um, you can you elaborate mm-hmm. a little bit more on why you chose unassisted, um, mm-hmm. and then how you prepared for that? Okay, so. One of the main reasons is uh, autonomy of my body. Um, uh, I shared with you a little bit before that I had a very violent father, but I was, um, you know, I've, I've had mostly physical abuse, but sexual abuse, mm-hmm. molestation, you know, just being a girl, you know, it's like I, I, we all remember being tackled at a really young age, you know, it's just I've had this thing with my body where. I, you know, you have this love-hate relationship because when you're young, you don't want to be desired by old men, you know, and you just create like this, uh, I don't know why I created like this love-hate relationship with my body where I wanted to like celebrate my, um, my sexuality and like my being, but I would, I covered it with my weight, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, for a while because I didn't want to be desirable. Um, because I was even desirable to my father and my brother. So that, you know, it just is like, uh, yeah, you just, I don't know. For myself, I I have this huge issue with body autonomy Mm -hmm. and knowing that hospitals don't really have the mother's dignity in mind when uh, she's birthing. I knew that, number one, that's like no-go for me, period. I've never had a male gynecologist. I've never allowed for it. I've explained to them, look, I've been violated by men. Um, I don't need to have a man down there who's not my partner. That's mm-hmm. not okay with me. That's just not okay. To me, they don't have a place in going to my sacred space. Mm-hmm. If if they're not my partner, like, I don't know. That's not okay. Um, so because of that um, and not having control over my own body from a young age uh, when I could have control I decided no one is gonna do anything to me that I don't want like no one Mm -hmm. I will not allow for it at all like it will be the death of me I will die before this you know so I started looking into home birth because I knew oh okay at least you know da 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 looking to home birth and started looking to videos and YouTube and you know, the YouTube wormhole, you start to Mm -hmm. like see all these other videos. (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, I'm like home birth and then unassisted birth. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, it's just like, at first I'm like, man, these ladies are crazy. I didn't think ladies. I thought another word, it starts with a B, but I was like, man, this is crazy. Oh my God, like, what are they doing? And I was like kind of appalled at first, but then mm-hmm. I really liked it because that's just how I am. I'm like, dang, okay, like that is control at its like ultimate, mm-hmm. you know, that is, that is her calling her shots. She's doing what she wants. She's already home. Like, I don't want to go anywhere, you know, after that happens. Like, I didn't have a, any idea, you know, you don't have any idea with the first, but I already knew how lazy I, I am. And I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere. Like that looks like a lot of physical work and I'm tired. I don't want to be bothered. So I think home is cool. So I looked, I interviewed people. I didn't like them. And then I came upon the unassisted childbirth Yahoo group um, back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And then I joined them and then I started watching more videos. And then Laura Shanley. Yep. 
she is actually considered like the Aine Mae Gaskin, right? Of, um, I don't even like saying her name anymore. I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think we know why. But, um, uh, so Laura Shanley, she's really cool. Um, she was like the advocate of like unassisted childbirthing, you know, like from the eighties. I think her oldest is like, a little bit older than me. I think he's like 38 or something like that. So she's been doing this since the eighties. And, um, so I looked her up. I started reading, um, well, I knew many books cause like somebody loaned them to me and, you know, they're kind of cool to read whatever. And then I started reading those unassisted birth stories. And then, you know, when you're hormonal, you're pregnant, like you're just crying. You're yeah. crying at the raw power of it all. You're like, yeah. oh my God, I this is so crazy. I've been watching this stuff for six hours. And, yep. You know, and yep. oh my God, like we're nuts. We're absolutely nuts. And my husband's like, you should probably stop. You're probably stressing the baby out. I'm like, no, I'm not. So I'm just preparing myself. I'm just preparing myself. So I, that's how I prepare myself. You know, it's, it's like how I learn English. Mm-hmm. I, I watch videos. I sing you know I sang English songs so that's why my English is like this so that's how I did it with the birth I guess I just watched a lot of videos and I'm a person of conviction so if if I decide I'm going to do something I know that I'm going to do it and I've explained to people like I've had my father threaten my life with a gun you know I've beaten almost to death many times and it's like I've gone through that what am I what else am I afraid of Mm -hmm. you know I get to live now like I get Mm -hmm. to live now so Mm -hmm. what the F-U-C-K, am I afraid of? Am I allowed to cuss, by the way? Yeah, no, we yes, would, no? yes, it's fine. <laughs> you, yes. Okay, I'm sorry, because I, no, I don't okay. feel like myself right now. We'll I'm just like, put the explicit sorry. on this episode. <laughs> cool, cool. You're, you're going to need We'll it just put it a check on that exciting. box. No yeah. worries. Yeah, just warning you ahead of time. Putting my coins in the jar now. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was like, you know, this is this is the way to do it. Like, I'm gonna do it this way. Yeah. So how, that's how I that's how it came to be. How did you then prepare your husband to support you? I mean, like, even though it's unassisted, he he was still uh-huh. present. So how did you prepare him to support you during that? Oh, I you know just tell him about a bunch of stuff. He he was like, so he's really into the natural stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't hard to convince him. Like he circumcised and he was pissed about that. So he's like, we have a boy and we knew we were having a boy. So he's like, he's not getting circumcised. He's not getting vaccinated. You know, so he already knew like what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he's pretty much on, on point with me most of the time. Like I just have to like, let him know. But even at a certain point, I think he wavered a little bit. Like you really fucking think you're going to do this on your own? Like <laughs> yeah. are you fucking serious? I'm like, yeah, dude. I made a decision like I'm I am that like do you know what what lineage of women I come from like no man like I'm cool like this is this is set um so he he knew he knows that about me um so he I would prepare him by trying to send him articles you know uh talking to him about it, watching videos and being like, look, honey, look at this. And he's there crying with me. Oh, business of being born. That was a big one yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. He watched that with me and he was crying with me. And like anybody he would come across, like he would be like, yeah, did you know? Da, 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 and da, you know, and he's, he's cool like that. Like he really is passionate about it. So he, I knew that he was on my side. Yeah. I knew that he was on my side. So, um, <clears throat> 
it's really awesome that he was um, on board with me from the right. jump because a lot of times what I hear from women who I consult sometimes is that it's their partners. Mm-hmm. It's their partners that aren't allowing it. I'm like, who the fuck is not allowing you to do what? You know, it's like, yeah, but I get that. I get why because they don't yeah. want they don't want something to happen to their woman. Right. I get it. The fear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're it's, afraid it's at the hospital. Huge. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So let alone at the hospital, like at home, like holy shit, like you know, there's there's so many, there is so many things, but my gosh, like so many things don't go wrong, right? Why right, don't we right, ever talk right, about that? Like right. people die on the freeway way more than giving birth. Like, do we ever tell each other, oh my god? Are you going to go on the freeway today? I hope you're going to be okay. What's going to happen if somebody merges and, and you're not looking? And oh my God, you know, like, do we, why, right. do we all do that to people? No. We do not do that. Why, then why do we do it to women? Mm-hmm. Why? Very true. Very true. Like, Especially we're not, we're women. not. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's and it's true. just, we're so, we're so conditioned to think. Even when I was little, yeah, you go have a baby in a hospital. Oh my God, my mom, even when I told her. She was like, oh, people have babies in hospitals for a reason. Like, that's like her first, like, cold response to me, right? And I was like, okay, mom, cool, you know. She's she's like a really gnarly Korean lady. She's like the, I don't want to see any, I don't want to hear any words. I want to see all action. She's that kind of, like, tiger mom, like, insane, like, yeah, she, she puts her, like, she doesn't just talk. She walks her walk. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she was telling me, well, you know, da, 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 this and that. And I didn't, I actually called her right after the birth and I was like, Hey, I'm home or Hey, I just have the baby. Oh, you have the baby you're at the hospital. No, I'm not at the hospital. I'm home. Oh, you found a midwife. No, I didn't find a midwife. <laughs> um, I was trying to do it on my own. Cause you know, I remember I was kind of looking into it. She, and it was kind of quiet for a second. She's like, Oh, okay, I'll, I'll be over around three with them. I'll bring you kiwi soup, you know, like, you know, just like the total Korean mom thing. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, interesting. It was an adventure. So as we talk about that, can you describe the actual birth experiences? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Here, you know what? It's getting really warm and my daughter's been on my hip for a long minute. And I think my husband's here. Maybe I can pass her off. Hey, Thad, <laughs> honey, can you hold her for a second? I'm actually doing an interview on a podcast right now, and it's really hot in my room. And I need a high Darth Vader. Here. Here. Thank you, honey. You are Darth Vader. Hi, Darth Vader. Mommy said to go. I love you. Oh, he's a zombie? He's a Darth Vader zombie? That's cool. Oh, my God, I hope he doesn't chase me because I said it wrong. Oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm, like, so afraid of my toddler right now. Okay, I made it. Okay, cool. All right, so you want to know about the first one, I guess? Yeah, Yeah. you can You can do the first one. Um, whichever one stands out the most to you, if it's the first one, go probably, right ahead. Yeah, probably the first. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you my first and then a little each about, like, second, third, fourth, fifth. Okay. Um, so the first one, uh, my water, or what was it? It was my mucus plug, you know, because you, you read up on it. You, yep. you know all the terminology. And, you know, like, okay, uh, sometimes generally, usually the mucus plug, you know, comes out. And that's when, you know, that's the onset of labor. And then you have bloody show and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, on a Wednesday, I think it happened. 
I'm not sure. I think I wrote it down, but you know, you're kind of like on mushrooms at that point anyway. So, uh, I, um, I, that passed and I said, Oh, Hey, this passed. And then I started, you know, getting like the, the, uh, I don't want to call them Braxinics. Um, you know, like the beginning Mm -hmm. contraction, like the, the practice contraction. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting them and they're going forever. And I actually had a set of uh, three friends who were going to be there just to hang out with me. Like they were going to be like my doulas. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then my husband called his mother and she was there, you know, just for like support, whatever. And she was, you know, chill. She, for the most part, like, you know, was not in my hair. People were not in my hair if I didn't want them to be. And, um, so, uh, I kept, you know, days are going by and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is taking forever. And it's, this is like painful. Some of these are, they were making me like cry mm-hmm. because my body was, you know, things were shifting down there. And, you know, with your first one, you have no idea what's going on. And I didn't take any of those uh, Bradley courses or anything like that. I just watched what I watched and, you know, got my information, um, how I got it. But I didn't know, like, the physiology of birth, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. when I was painful at this time, what, you know, where was the baby or what was the baby doing at that point? Like, right. I didn't know those things. So when you don't know, it's a little bit more painful, right? Because you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so it's your first one. You have no idea what's going on. You've decided to do it this way. Congratulations. You've put yourself into a big, huge pile of shit, Amy. You know, that I was feeling like that at some point. Um, and I, my girlfriend stayed with me for two, three days almost. And um, they felt, they felt it. They knew that uh, I couldn't progress. Mm-hmm. And that in in a way, I couldn't tell them what's words like, I don't want you to be here. Mm. Like, I need I, I need to really be by myself. But oddly enough, like, we had gone on a walk. And we all happened to look up at the same time and saw a shooting star. And we were like, oh, that was cool. Did you see that, too? That was cool. It was like 2 in the morning. Or I don't know, what was it? No, 11 at night or 12 midnight. I don't know. Some Sometime at nighttime. It was really dark. Mm-hmm. So we got back, and then I was laboring. I had a birthing pool. I had bought a birthing pool. I bought a birthing kit. You know, I, I think total I spent like $350 because the Labasine birthing pool was like mm-hmm. $300. And then the midwifery kit was like $30-something. So I got those two things to prepare for my birth. And my, my wonderful husband and my friends were like boiling water because it was upstairs. We had set it up upstairs in our bedroom by the um, – uh, by the ensuite like sink mm-hmm. um, in a bedroom, and um, so the water from the shower wasn't hot enough. So he was boiling water, and they're running, you know, up and down because nobody ever tells you that a water birth really sucks ass in um, in a birthing <laughs> pool because the water goes cold. It goes cold. A birthing tub is cool, but a pool not so much. So they're running up and down and I'm just, you know, I, I, I kept feeling like something was stalling. Like I can feel his head. I I remember like feeling down there and I can feel the sack, Mm -hmm. but, um, I was like tired and I'm like, what's going on? I don't feel him moving anymore. Like I'm just really exhausted. This has been days of me having contractions. Uh, I'm too relaxed. I feel like all of a sudden, you know, my contraction stopped. 
you know, mm. but I didn't know at the time that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. That naturally you labor for a while and then you have this plateau where everything stops and then it starts going again. And then that's when you hit the peak and have the baby. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, and I'm, I'm doubting myself. And at this point, I feel like my contractions are scary. I'm tightening my legs together. I'm in, in that one point, I'm crying. I'm sobbing. I'm on, the, I'm on my side. I'm on the bed. I'm crying. And my husband says to me, what's wrong? And I say, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm just scared. And he told me, you know what? Why don't you tell me everything mm-hmm. right now? Everything that you're afraid of, everything that you're scared of, just tell me. So I told him, I'm, I'm afraid you know, I might end up in the hospital and that they're going to think that I'm a negligent mother and they're going to take my child away. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm the most afraid of, that they're going to take my child away. And I'm going to be billed as somebody that's irresponsible. Um, and that, that was my number one concern. Yeah. And is my baby okay? Because he wasn't moving, you know? So um, he said, you know what, honey, just let it all go. And with the next contractions, don't don't tighten up your body. Just relax. Just try to relax, honey, okay? Just try to relax. So I said, okay. And, you know, I was getting the contractions. And, and I was, I literally, you know, I was like, okay, switch your brain. Relax. Literally mm-hmm. just surrender, just surrender. And I did. And I remember making, hearing myself making these like goat-like sounds almost like, because, uh, you know, like your body's doing something that you can't control. Yeah. That was yeah. him descending. So I'm like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. And at that point, my girlfriends were gone. Um, they felt like, okay, she needs her space. We shouldn't be here. We need to go. So they left. And mother-in-law was downstairs and she had fallen asleep. And I'm upstairs and I got up and I was like, oh, I feel really birthy right now. And, you know, he was laying down at the moment and I I didn't want to birth in the pool, Mm -hmm. even though it was relaxing. I just, I couldn't relax into that idea. It didn't feel right. So I went to the bathroom. I remember wiping myself, saw bloody show. And then I got down on my uh, hands and knees, kind of like in the doorway of the bathroom and in the bedroom. And, um... And uh, my husband immediately got up with the flashlight. He was like, what's up? And I was like, oh, I just, I, I don't know. I kind of feel birthy. And he put the flashlight on me. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Like, it looks like you're opening up. And I was like, okay. And at, at that point, I'm like going into labor. Like my body's just like involuntarily, I'm, it's just going into labor. Mm-hmm. So I remember, okay, it's just relax, relax. And I, I felt him coming down. And I remember feeling that ring of fire. And, uh, yeah. I, okay, just sorry. <laughs> There's this one, one part that's really, really funny. Right before that, I was like, yeah, I think, you know, I think the baby's coming. And then so my husband, you know, he looks in there. He's like, yeah, I see his hair. He has a lot of hair. I'm like, are you sure those aren't my pubes? And he goes, you don't have the hair on the inside of your pussy? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) That was was pretty funny. Um, But I just remember being in the state where uh, I, you know, I dabbled in psychedelics in my 20s and I loved them. I absolutely loved them. Um, And it helped me actually, it actually, hey, it helped me to, find self-love do what you, you know? gotta do and that was yeah hey i loved it i had no regrets 
No, absolutely none. <laughs> but it, it's birth is similar to that. You're like on a whole nother. You're you're not even here. You're yeah. here, but you're not here. Yeah. You're you're all you're in this. You're you're on this solo journey. People are around you, but you're you're by yourself, mm-hmm. really. And um, I remember, you know, you're because you're what we call uh, in your delta or your theta state. Like your your brainwave cycles are like less than zero at that yeah. point. You know, so you're you're in this space where time doesn't exist, nothing exists, but you're there. You just right. are. Right. Um, so. You know, he's coming out and then, you know, his head came out and I'm on all fours, kind of like the half meal squat kind of thing. Um, and then uh, my husband's behind me. And he's like, his head's out, his head's out, his eyes open. He's looking at me. He's looking at me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. I can't like say anything, you know. I'm right, like, okay, right. Cool. Yeah, that's nice, honey. And then so um, he thought because his head was there and he's Squinting. I mean, the lights on him. Obviously, the baby's squinting because the lights on him. But um, he's like, "Mama, I think it's too tight around his neck. You're gonna have to push." And I'm thinking in my head, going, "No, leave me alone. Don't touch me. Don't yeah. touch me." Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not tight. And then I'm going. And then for a slight second, I was like, "Did you not fucking pay attention when I was telling you all this stuff? Like, where were you when I was telling you all this? You know." So in my mind, I'm thinking all of this and going, "Don't touch me! Don't touch right. me!" But he put his fingers like around his neck, you know, and yeah. um, inside my labia. But at that time, I was having a contraction, and he slid right out into his arms. And then, awesome. um, and then he handed him to me, and I just remember staring at him, and he was milky white, and. I literally was just like, you are an angel. He literally looked like an angel. And later on when we, both my husband and I recounted our birth stories, I heard him tell another person, yeah, he looked like an angel. He oh, he so looked powerful. like an angel. His eyes were open and, and my mother-in-law ran into the room at the moment where I was saying, hi, I'm your mommy. I'm your mommy. So she has that in her mind, yeah. you know, like running into the room and seeing you know, her grandson for the first time, you know. So that was really nuts because I remember when he was born, like at the moment like that he completely came out, I was thrust spiritually into this realm of women that welcomed me, all these women. And that's when I realized that we are actually one and that Mm -hmm. we're connected. We are connected by these women that have all survived. Mm-hmm. All these, all of these years, all of these atrocities in all of our different countries, you know, we have all survived and now we're here and I am the culmination of that. Mm-hmm. And I just gave birth. Yeah. Like, wow. so that was the most spiritual thing I think I've ever experienced in my life. Like yeah. ever, ever. So I decided to do it four more times. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really decide. I got pregnant. I got pregnant without trying to. Yeah. So every time we were like, okay, well, you know what? Okay, let's do this. But now it's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. Go go get sniffed. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Um, But yeah, the the second one, um, it was really quick. I didn't think I was in labor. And a girlfriend of mine who who had a really traumatic um, first C-section birth, she was in the area. She's like, you want me to stop by? I said, yes. Yeah. She stopped by, and she just happened to be there when I gave birth to him. Um, 
we were timing things together and she's like, I, I told her, Oh, I don't think I'm in labor. And she's like, I don't think I'm, you're in labor either. Like two hours later, I have the baby. That was really funny. <laughs> it's real funny. That was real cute. Um, he's real, uh, he's amazing. That's Thaddeus. So that was my second one. Super quick. Um, he's really strong physically. Uh, both my husband and my son said, Whoa, after he came out because he actually turned his head. Um, to look around the room um, and he lifted his head and turned it when he was on my chest, sleeping on my chest, not even 12 hours old. He lifted his head to turn his head the other way. So I knew I was in for something and he's been smiling since the day he was born. So it's my sweet, sweet, sweet boy. And then Erasmus was my tough one. He, I was pushing when I wasn't supposed to, because I had this urgency to do so, um, being worried about my older two mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I usually give birth at night he needs to be born or my baby needs to be born right now because I don't want to stress out about my older two not realizing that you know what doesn't matter what you think your body and right. your baby are going to do what it's going to do so like you exactly. should probably not freak out but I was pushing wasn't when I wasn't supposed to so that was actually painful that was the only time I was actually in pain because I was pushing when I wasn't supposed to yeah so I learned a huge lesson with that, putting expectations on myself, you know, mm-hmm. to really like not do that. So that was that. That was Erasmus. And number four, Aurelius, he he was quick, you know. I, I learned my lesson and I'm like, you know what, Amy, just relax. And every time I would have the contractions, I was just relaxing. We went to Target the night before um, or actually hours before he was born, four or five hours, I think. And then... He, uh, he was actually the last three. Okay. So the first two were born into my husband's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last three, I actually, they were born into my hands. Oh. Um, so the, my Erasmus, my third son, my husband was going back and forth between the bathroom and the back bedroom where the older two were like watching things, just keeping an eye on them yeah. when he was born. Um, so I, I, I remember thinking like, uh, during that third pregnancy, I don't want to be so out of it that I don't catch my own kids. I remember just like, just really feeling that and making a determination of I'm, I'm going to birth my own kids in my own hands. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to just shoot them out, you know, yeah. like even though that's how they came out. So I just, I really, really made a conscious effort to put that in my mind and just in my psyche. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, that's what happened. And actually the second and third had their, cords wrapped around their neck which is way more common than not one out of three babies do and when their heads were out I just kind of felt you know was like feeling their heads and then I felt the cord so I just unwrapped the cord and then that was it so um that was number two and number three and then the fourth one he was really simple like my husband was just standing there at the doorway of the bathroom I have a thing for bathrooms all my boys were born in (laughs) like in or around bathrooms and then my husband was just like watching and I was holding on to um, the sink, like kind of getting that gravity, but being held up at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I, I love doing the Asian lady squat. Um, that's very helpful for birth and just your life in general. Um, so I, you know, the baby was born that way again. And actually my fifth one, my daughter, uh, my husband was out on a walk with my fourth son um, and at night. So she was actually like literally it was just me and her. My older wow. three were watching something on Netflix, Ninjago, um, in the dining room, and uh, they were very uninterested, you know. And <laughs> I don't really, I don't make noise when I'm in labor. Mm-hmm. I don't like to, like, unless, like, I'm, you know, there's certain parts that I, I like to moan it out, but I'm really quiet. I don't mm-hmm. scream. I don't do any anything. I like to just 
concentrate and focus my energy. So my boys, you know, after the baby was born, she's crying, she's crying. They don't even know. Like, they're they're not even, like, 25 feet away. But the doors were closed, so they don't even know that their baby sister was born. So I actually had to, like, yell a little loud and be like, hey, is anybody out there? <laughs> they're like, oh, hi, mommy. And, you know, they're running down the hallway. Hey, hey, come say hi to your baby sister. Oh, oh, I wish came true. We finally got a baby sister. Aww. Oh, she's so cute. Oh. And not even a minute later, they were gone. They went back right. to Ninjago. So cold. <laughs> so cold. But for and them, it was like, going, like, mom, yeah, mom does babies. this. You, you, you like have babies at home and that's yeah, fine. She'll that's come what join you us do, later. Ma. That's what you do. You take us <laughs> to birth. Normal. You birth. Like, right. that's, that's your thing. Like, we're going to leave you alone. Ninjago. Ninjago, right. mom. Ninjago. Whatever, right. dude. Whatever. I'm going to remember this and I'm going to tell you this for the rest <laughs> of your life. But anyways, um, I was... Well, I, I was kind of feeling uh, urgent because I knew the placenta was coming and I didn't have my bowl prepared. And I was in my room in the back and the hallway and I didn't want to be dripping blood everywhere. It already looked like a murder scene. <laughs> and um, I just didn't, I wanted to, I wanted to keep contained the mess as like small as possible. I have become so efficient at giving birth <laughs> that all I need is one pee pad and that's all I need. I just need a freaking pee pad and that's all I need for birth because I just want, I need to know where the mess is going to go. Skills. Um, but uh, yeah, my husband, he wasn't answering his phone and that kind of frustrated me a little bit. Um, so I called him. He didn't answer. He ended up finally calling me back and then he goes, hey, I go, hey, Hey, what's up and so the baby starts crying and I'm like and he tells me oh is that a baby crying <laughs> and oh I said gosh. yeah come meet your new baby daughter he's like yes yes <gasps> so you know he comes he comes in the house and as soon as he walks in I'm I'm standing there I had already given birth to the placenta as well and I didn't have a bowl so I just plopped it on my shirt so <sighs> when he walked in I was just bloody like in the hallway with the baby in one arm and a placenta in the other, like in my shirt. And I'm already instructing him, hey, honey. So, yeah, can you please wash out that bowl and bring me that bowl for my placenta? And he's like, okay, honey, hold on. You know, it's just, it's become such like a normal thing for us yeah. that, you know, we get excited later. Like yeah. it hits us later. Um, but he came and, you know, uh, it was, it was really, it was really awesome because I knew, for some reason with this last pregnancy, I knew that I wanted to be by myself for mm. some reason. I just had this really strong desire, just like, I just want to be by myself. Actually, there is a reason, but I'm not going to say, because me and my husband, like, you know, we were so stressed out and we were arguing all a lot. So I was like, I, I just want to be by myself, yeah. you know, just like have like this, you know, and, and we feel yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like, we, we totally feel that. Like, I don't want to do nothing with you. Yeah. Like I can do this on my own, whatever. So <laughs> I kind of, I can I'm sorry if my husband listens to this podcast. I'm really sorry. I love you so much, but I'm just telling the truth. I'm just yeah. telling the truth. Like emotionally, I was just like raw. Um, so I, but I actually like got what I wanted. And the cool thing is, I've held onto this name Artemis for a long, long time. And Artemis is a goddess of the hunt and the goddess of midwifery and like the goddess of pregnant women and children and animals and just like a really like a really wonderful, compassionate protector warrior. So um, I have a really strong affinity towards warrior archetypes. And um, I had the name Artemis Lux picked out, but then I ended up getting, giving the middle name Lux to my third son. Mm -hmm. um, so 
after my fourth child was born, I joked to a friend of mine, okay, I can't have any more kids because I ran out of cool middle names. Um, in just a second, <laughs> I'll tell you all of their names. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. And she's like, she texts me later saying, I have the best middle name for you. And I told her, I told you, I'm done. My vagina is done. My uterus is done. I'm done. And she goes, Fox, the middle name Fox. And I said, okay, damn you woman. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And I hope I don't have to use it. So I... Um, if it was a girl, it was going to be Artemis Fox. But if it was a boy, I was going to be shit out of luck. Like, I don't know, whatever Fox, right. you know? Yeah. And um, so I I remember after she was born, I remember looking down. And I was like, oh, they're labia. It's a girl. I have a girl. Huh. Because I just remember last four times, it's just testicles, huge <laughs> testicles in my face. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My script got flipped really hard right now. <laughs> oh, okay. This is cool. Um, so it didn't hit me, though, until the next day when I was, like, playing with her. Mm-hmm. And, and it was at night. And and I was like, oh, my God, I have a daughter. I have a daughter. This is different. Mm-hmm. There's actually a different connection because there's going to be more of an influence, like, because we're both going to, you know, hopefully know what we're going through. Yeah. And I can undo a lot of hurt mm. that I had growing up, you know, because my husband, he didn't have the best childhood either. And he didn't have both parents growing up. So he's undoing a lot of stuff. And he's an amazing present father. Mm-hmm. So loving, so affectionate. And, you know, a lot of times the first thing people tell me about my boys is that they're very sweet. It's because their father's sweet. And mm. He shows them that a real man or whatever, a human being in general, not a real whatever, but a human being in general is vulnerable and kind and yep. compassionate first and foremost. Yeah. And that is that is strength right there. So, um, you know, having he has that connection with the boys, but I'm a woman. So I don't I mean, I love my boys. They're my boys. But this connection is very different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to describe it. And yeah, she's um She's pretty amazing. And actually that goddess Artemis, she actually helped her mother. After she came out from her mother, she helped her mother birth her twin brother. Mm. So it's kind of almost symbolic with our story because yeah. her, her and I were alone. Mm. Just like, you know, Leto and Artemis were alone when she yeah. was birthing. That's deep. I mean, yeah. you you wrote in your submission that you found that your, your births really were healing for you. And I think you oh just like, gosh. I mean, you just summed it up with your last birth of why it was such a powerful experience for you mm-hmm. because it was, you were really able to gain your body autonomy, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. like this was an opportunity for you to, to reshape things that had happened to you um, yeah. through your birthing experience. And some people have if if they've had previous trauma can be on the spectrum that you are and then can also be on the other spectrum of of where right. you are but but that's why it's so important to 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 talk about our birthing experiences Absolutely. talk about our trauma because it does influence how we interact with everyday life mm-hmm. like life experiences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think too what's like weird is you know being korean i've got that model minority thing this you know so when they first see me, like, I'm just like an anomaly of all sorts for people. I'm a headache because they don't know what to think of me. I've got a bunch of kids. I'm Asian. 
you know, um, my hair is different color. I've got piercings. Um, my kids are fully themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's kind of hard when, you know, you have a sort of stereotype put on you. Mm. Um, and when people look at you a certain way, um, you know, it's kind of, a uh, motherhood is changing, right? The face mm-hmm. of motherhood and like, we're, we get to actually take up space now, like we're allowed yeah. to. And mm-hmm. um, I think being an Asian woman, a lot of times it's like the whole submissive thing. And I'm, I'm anything but that. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, I totally kind of like lost track, but I know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but um, I think as mothers, like, you know, we're unsure a lot of times. And nowadays, like with... Um, social media and the internet and we can judge more quickly and more harshly mm-hmm. uh, even yeah. though we don't know the person um, it's, it's super hard but uh, we we all do this by sharing right like we share and we make it normal yeah yep. yep yep I hope I brought that thought back oh my god I'm going to listen to this and like laugh at myself no. <laughs> I know for a fact I didn't get back to the point. No, you did. You totally did. (laughs) You totally did. And can you briefly describe how postpartum was for you? (sighs) It's kind of depressing to think about some of the beginning ones. The first one was cool because, you know, it's the first one and everyone's like, oh, you just had your baby. Let me come bring you stuff. And even the second one. Um, but then the third one, um, because I didn't know a lot of people, it was really hard. My husband had to go back to work when Erasmus was like a week old. So mm-hmm. I remember um, I remember bleeding heavily for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks, and just afraid that I was going to pass out because mm-hmm. I felt like that. And I remember I, I was like frying bacon while nursing my one-week-old because my husband had to be at work, um, and I had no help. And... I just remember feeling really sad and lonely um, and just depressed about it all. Um, but I, I, I actually wear a lot of hats because I worked in the natural industry um, starting 13 years ago. I, I've worked for several different companies, but five and a half years ago, I started working for this um, organic phytotherapy essential oil company called Vertitas. So I've been teaching for them for uh, until just recently I quit. Um, but uh so I had, you know, essential oils and other things, you know, I had, I had tools, I did, but, um, I didn't have the support. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember going into depressive states, screaming at my kids, even hitting my kids, you know, mm-hmm. because I was tired. I didn't have anybody near me. Um, nobody was there to tell me that I was doing a good job. My husband was tired too. He was doing the best that he could, Mm -hmm. but um, we weren't able to be kind to each other because we were so like, just thin. I remember so many times, like so many times uh, at that point I wanted to take my life and I had been suicidal growing up. Um, But I remember like really just like, just really feeling at that moment. And I knew my husband was like, you know, he was in a funk too. We were in a really bad funk because he was unemployed. And, uh, and I got through it. Um, 
I got through it. And after the fourth one, I had more support. But then mm-hmm. after my fifth daughter, um, and my fifth, um, she was born, uh, a lot of things happened. My husband, he just um, turned 50, but he also got let go from a job that he left, a job he had for two and a half years. Wow. He went to this new job, but then he got let go 11 weeks in, like a week before his insurance hit. And three weeks before our daughter was born. (laughs) And so he got let go. And then like 10 days later, he turned 50. And then he went, he actually went to go see his dad, like right after he got let go. um, Because he needed help. And he lives out, he lived out in Vegas. So he went to go see him with his brother and told me, oh, he's not doing too good. And then he celebrated his birthday and I started kind of like going into labor. Then we got news that his dad wasn't doing good and he had emergency surgery. He might not make it. So, um, and then my daughter was born. And when she was like a couple of days old, my husband was saying, you know, he's not doing well. And I said, okay, go see him. Go see him now. Like, don't put any regrets. I don't care. I'll try to get some help, you know, from my friends. It's okay. Uh, the cool thing is I had some two friends that, set up a meal train for me mm-hmm. and they had it where somebody was coming every other day. Awesome. So it was really, I mean, it was so earth shatteringly life changing for me. I mean, I was like in tears because I was so grateful that I didn't have to worry about, you know, just cooking. Right. And, um, and he went to Vegas, like, so she was three days old. He took the older two boys and went with his brother. As soon as he got there into the hospital room, he went to go tell him, hey, dad, I'm here. Came to see you. Came to tell you that I love you. He flatlined right after and passed away right after. So um, all these things happened. Like so many crazy things happened. And I don't think even now my husband has had enough time to process everything Mm -hmm. because he's, you know, yeah, layers like he's, you know, unemployed and, you know, uh, it's expensive to live out here. Food's expensive. Yeah. We have a lot of kids, you know, and yeah. we don't have, we don't ask for help. We try not to because we don't want, and we know everyone else needs help too. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, now I think my, uh, hormonally I'm starting to get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been doing more things to, uh, express myself creatively and to remember who I am as an individual, um, who I was before and who I am always, mm. you know, um, yeah. besides just mother, like I, I'm all on all these layers, you know, right. and yeah, it's starting. I feel like I'm maturing more now too. Like um, being 36, it's starting to make more sense and I'm starting to, be more mature about things and not, I mean, I still, I still get heated. I still get crazy, but it's, it's more compassionate. I, I try to mom it out, you know, in any kind of situation, I try to just be a mom about it, you mm-hmm. know, and usually that's, it goes in my favor yeah. that way. For sure. I like how you use the word mom in that way. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. mom everything. Just yep. got to mom it. Yes. Be you a know? boss about it. Yes. Yeah, just be yes. a mom about it. Yes. You know, that's, that's the ultimate. What yes. goes beyond the mother? Like right. nothing, you right. know, nobody. Be, and, and especially because we live in, in a society that really makes it seem like when you become a mother, that's it. And it's like, 
right? And and that's it in like not a positive way. Like, right. oh, you're a mom. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. you do. And there's people saying, oh, I'm just a mom. Yeah. You and know? it's like, no, 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 no. You a mom. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're, 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 you literally yes. are a creator. Yes. You're a creator. Yes. Like, yes. you're a goddess. Yes. And, and the, the part that you brought up, like, that who you were before, who you are now, like, they don't, they don't have to disconnect either. No. Like, we can mm-hmm. still be who we were before children, but now that like evolves with that extra right. beautiful mom layer. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And isn't that such a beautiful layer? Because like we, I could not give two shits about anything else. Like I love being a mom. I love being sure about it. I, I mean, you know, we're yeah. a, a lot of times we're not sure about things, but we for sure know how much love we, we yes. have for our children and what yes. we would do. Like we know that for damn sure. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Amy, is there anything yes. else you would want to share with listeners? Any resources, advice, or anything else from mm-hmm. your birth? Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love to. I would actually love to share um, that the idea that birth is physiological. And that's like it. Physiology rules, and that's it. I actually, um, I had been, you know, doing for people and um, consulting for unassisted birth or whatever. If somebody said, oh, I was thinking about it, you know, can you tell me more about it? You know, um, so I would and give them resources. Like, you know, here's the websites that I went to. Here's the groups. Here's the books that I read. Here's the videos that I watched. Um, uh, so Laura Shanley mm-hmm. is the, uh, the person that I want to um, tell the listeners about. Uh, it's Laura, L-A-U-R-A, Shanley, S-H-A-N-L-E-Y, I believe. She's on Facebook. Um, I don't know if she's on Instagram. I think she is. But her website is filled with a lot of resources, stories, videos um, about unassisted birth. Uh, um, also, um, I actually took a certification course early, earlier this year. Um, I didn't like any of the other courses because I felt like it was so like um, Eurocentric Mm. the birthing Mm -hmm. because hospital birthing to me is Eurocentric period and when people want to come at me and say what saves lives I'm like yeah you know what saves lives is when doctors wash their damn hands between working on cadavers and going to a laboring woman you know that I mean you should maybe read that it's not just some white man in a white coat and like let's not even go into how obstetrics started in this mm. country like you want to know mm. how many black women got tortured mm. so you want to tell me you want to tell me that this is the savior i don't think so all mm. the black midwives that they turned to they that they you know what did they do to them they totally just they made them into nothing mm. they made them look like they were crazy that they were just like these backyard like you know, boondog, like not knowing nothing like women, even though they were the ones that birthed pretty much like everybody, you know, everybody like, yes, like, it's like, do we not forget this? When did we forget this? Like, did did it only take literally not even like three generations for us to be like, well, we don't know what to do. And this is what we have to do because, oh my gosh, they save us. They're saviors. Who's going to deliver your baby? Uh, you deliver your baby, honey. They're the ones that are there. They're, they're, they should be honored to be in your presence. Yes. Not tell you what to do. Yes. So I think that's what I want to tell women is that this is a very sacred time. 
what you're doing is very sacred. Only allow what you want to allow. Fire people if you have to, you know? If they don't treat you with dignity, if they don't treat you like you matter the most in this situation, then that's not it for you. That's not it. Try to find some support somehow. Right. Right. Now, Amy, there was something you said a little earlier I wanted to hit back on. You said that mm-hmm. your body is doing something you can't control. And then when you mm, connected that yes. with the birth is physiological. Yes. Um, yes. Just was thinking so, about that, how we think. Our body is doing something that we can't control, but it's actually, it is in control. Right. It's right. It's not our mind Total control. Our thoughts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I tell people, birth is not intellectual. Birth is primal. Birth is very, it is not head at all. It is like all heart, soul, and spirit. It's not harvard books or whatever medical school you went to is that's not going to equate to your experience you know um so your body is going to do what it needs to do it is very intelligent obviously there are times when we need doctors i'm not i am not i am so not that person that is trying to say no don't go to doctors ever no they're there for a reason but the thing is birthing is not an emergency we're not we're not diseased. You know, most of the time, most women are pretty healthy. They, they need resources. They need support. They don't need to be told, oh, this is going to go wrong. This is going to go wrong if you don't do this. Like, it's totally fear-based. And we need to really get back away from that because, like, I tell people giving birth is like taking a big dump. You know, <laughs> it's like when you, go, when you go to the bathroom, you know how when you got to really go, it's one of those big ones. And if you... If you push too hard when you're not, when it's not ready to come out, you know, it's like when you take that really nice poop, it's the ones where you don't have to push. You were ready. Mm-hmm. You went at the right time. You squatted and it came out and you wiped it. Oh my God, there wasn't even anything there. Beautiful. <laughs> right? Like that is, that is the definition, yes. right? Like that's what we want. But then you know what happens when you go in there a little too early or a little too late, especially a little too early. What happens? You start pooping. It it comes out a little bit, but then it gets cut off because like you don't have the strength anymore to go on because it was you weren't supposed to. You you weren't you you were you're trying to push out something that's not ready to go out. Perfect analogy. That is a perfect like, analogy. I know. It's, it, I, <laughs> when I say that, they're like, oh, yeah. And then I go ahead and put the analogy of, oh, yeah, can you go out and take a shit laying on your back, too, with a bunch of people watching you and lights on you? Well, just wondering. Know. You know, just just wondering. Yeah. Just just wondering. You know, if you can do that, then cool. Maybe I can try that, too. <laughs> That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Uh well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us yes. today. Um, this was really informative and also just hilarious and perfect. Um, and we really do feel honored that you were um, able to share that with us. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for for just letting me, I guess, uh, recollect myself and kind of even go down a little bit of like who I am like yeah. I, I I'm not just a mom like you said I'm not just a mom like look at all this I've done like yes. look at all these babies I've made and yes. look at this community we've created for each other so yeah thank you for letting me you know kind of just like look at that too that was good. that was really wonderful for me to feel like good I mean I was reading those questions and I was like man 
I don't, am I going to be bragging? Because I feel like I'm bragging. Oh, you I, I brag. Like I've had, like, such, I, I, I feel like I've had such it's an amazing, like, you okay. know, like, challenges. No, yeah. no, this no. is, this is perfect. And, and we're glad that you feel that way. Because, I mean, that's, that's the purpose of this podcast. Absolutely. To create a community and, and remind listeners and the people who share their stories of just how powerful and amazing they are. So. Yes. Perfect. And if anybody does want to reach out to me about questions, you know, about unassisted breathing, I'd be more than happy to say hi or, Perfect. you know, whatever. Um, on Instagram, it's Musa, M-U-S-A underscore Mama, M-A-M-A. And Musa in Korean means warrior. So okay. that's, yeah. So, we, yeah, we'll definitely link your information then. Cool. But, um, again, thank you so much. Thank you very much, ladies. You have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed rest of the week. Thanks. You too. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, go to lgdoula.com. Today's episode is sponsored and in collaboration with Restoring Our Own Through Transformation, also known as ROOT. It's a black women-led reproductive justice organization dedicated to collectively restoring our well-being through self-determination, collaboration, and resources to meet the needs of women and families within communities. ROOT will host several events during the inaugural Black Maternal Health Week during April 11th through 17th. Go to ROOTT.org for a calendar of events. And that's ROOT.org.